Welcome to the Christchurch London podcast. We have recently moved our Sunday services and midweek connect groups online to help stop the spread of coronavirus. Join us for Church at Home this Sunday by logging on to christchurchlondon.online.church at 10am, 11am, 5pm, 7pm or 8pm for worship, prayer and our weekly sermon. We're now going to hear the talk from this week's Church at Home service. Well, hello. I hope you are doing well and I hope you are surviving in this unusual season. Uh, I'm definitely reaching that phase of lockdown now and maybe you've already been there where I'm beginning to contemplate with some dread that first lockdown haircut. Uh, Feeling a bit nervous about that. Uh, But Andy Tilsley actually did offer me £50 this week if I attempted it live on church at home and in particular if I shaved off the beard. And so at the end of today's sermon, I will definitely not be doing that. Um, Sorry to disappoint you, Andy, but I have known you long enough to know that there was no way I was ever going to see that money. But today we are continuing our sermon series entitled Good Fruit, in which we are looking at what Paul calls in Galatians 5 the fruit of the Spirit. These are characteristics that make up a beautiful, healthy life and are seen most clearly in the life of Jesus Christ. And today we're going to look at two of those characteristics together, the characteristics of goodness and faithfulness. And the reason for combining them together is because they're often combined in scripture, actually. Think of the phrase in Matthew 25, where Jesus says, well done, good and faithful servant. The combination of these two ideas is really powerful because goodness has to do with doing good, particularly doing good towards others. That's how Paul uses it in Galatians 6.10. And faithfulness is to do with dependability, reliability. So when goodness and faithfulness are put together in scripture, they have this combined idea of being someone who is who is trustworthy, who I would be willing to entrust my life to, knowing that they will be faithful in doing good. And today I want to reflect on the goodness and faithfulness of Jesus, the trustworthiness of Jesus. And I want to do that by drawing just a few thoughts from a very famous psalm, Psalm 23. David writes this. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. I wonder what comes to mind for you when you hear those words. Uh, I grew up in Kent, surrounded by countryside. I was very used to seeing farmers and and shepherds and sheep in green fields and beautiful idyllic pastures. I'm sorry, that's probably the last thought you want me to put into your head during lockdown. Sorry about that. But that's the kind of thing that comes to mind for me quite easily when I hear the Lord is my shepherd. But if I'm honest, that actually makes it quite hard for me to feel like I can engage with this psalm because there's something about that scene which just feels almost too good to be true, too idyllic, too beautiful. And it sounds like David is promising that if you follow God as your shepherd, then life will be easy and just beautiful rolling hills. And that's certainly not been my experience. It's definitely not my experience right now. But actually, what I find really helpful to remember is that David himself was a shepherd and David was not a European shepherd. David was a Middle Eastern shepherd. And the kind of terrain that he would lead his sheep through was more like this. I hope that's not too bleak an image. But actually, in some sense, that 
kind of depicts a little bit more like what my life feels like, at least in seasons, not constantly. It's full of ups and downs. It's not just glorious rolling green hills. There are hard patches. There are dry seasons, barren seasons. Life can feel difficult at times. And when God says the Lord is my shepherd, he's not thinking of someone sort of chilling out in a beautiful, lovely, green uh, Kentish countryside. Sorry if you are a Kentish shepherd watching this. We respect what you do. But God is not a Kentish shepherd. He is a Middle Eastern shepherd. David is not promising a beautiful, easy life. But what he is saying is that God is the kind of good and faithful, trustworthy shepherd who is uniquely able to help you navigate the ups and downs and the difficulties of life. I didn't notice many green pastures or still waters in that picture. But actually, they are there to be found. They're just not in the visible mountaintops. They're down in the valleys. And you or I, with no understanding of the terrain, could find ourselves wandering in a place like that for days before we come across any green pastures or any still waters. David is saying that God is uniquely able, as the good and faithful, trustworthy shepherd, to lead us to places of peace that we would never find on our own. In fact, scholars tell us that the most good and faithful shepherds, the ones that cared most about their sheep, not only knew how to get their sheep to places of peace, but actually went out of their way to create places of peace for the sheep. There are accounts of shepherds who would find a place within the wilderness and they would dig up the rocks with their hands and they would prepare the soil, soften it and plant seeds so that they could grow grass for their sheep. They would also find springs that the sheep wouldn't like drinking from because they don't really like drinking from moving, running water. And they would create, they would handcraft these rock pools to take the water from the spring so that the sheep could drink from peaceful, quiet, still water. And because sheep have this annoying habit of drinking all the water and eating all the grass, the most good and faithful shepherds would actually have various plots throughout the wilderness where they would do this, where they would create a place of peace. And so they would lead the sheep on the right paths between them, almost in rotation, as it were, so that they would be able to find regular nourishment and peace. I think David has that kind of idea in mind when he said, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord God is a good and faithful shepherd who goes to great effort to care for us, his sheep. And he leads us, as David said, on the right paths between pastures and still waters. That sounds like a lot of effort for a shepherd to go to, but that is the extent that God loves us. He loves to lead us to places of peace that we would never find without him. I think that's a beautiful picture of the goodness and faithfulness of God. David says, the Lord is my shepherd. He refreshes my soul. God doesn't just care for our physical needs, although he does that. He actually longs to refresh us at the deepest level. One of the things I found really interesting over these last couple of weeks have been just how normal it's been to talk about the soul again. I don't know if you've noticed this, but people have been talking about the sort of tiredness, the drained feeling that we have that seems to be going in this season beyond just the physical or even the mental or the emotional. It seems to be affecting us at a deep soul level. I've talked to people who've said, you know, you know how you get to the end of the day and you just feel somehow subhuman, drained from isolation. And, you know, if you told me that Zoom has the ability to 
to suck my soul out through my webcam, I would believe you because that's how I often feel at the end of the day, soul drained. I was reading an article in The Guardian, actually, a couple of weeks ago, where a theatre director was talking about a mourning the, the loss of the arts in this season. And she said that what she misses most is the beauty of a congregation of people watching the same thing. To be denied that is terribly hard on your soul. She's right. Many of us are feeling this sense of loss in this season that seems to affect us at a deep level, at a soul level. I feel that. I feel the loss of not being able to connect with you as a congregation together, worshipping together. It affects me deeply. But God says he longs to refresh our soul. Actually, the word is nephesh. It means your life, your vitality, the very thing that makes you human. If you feel during this season that something of your humanity has been drained out of you, God promises he can restore it because he is the good and faithful, trustworthy shepherd. I need to know him like that in this season. I suspect that you do too. And to be clear, David is not being naive as he says these sorts of things. He's not just thinking, oh, everything will be fine because God is with us. He knows that seasons of life can be really challenging. I mean, read David's own account of his life in 1 and 2 Samuel. He knew what it was like to be pursued and people wanting to put him to death. He was not naive about the nature of life. He knew there were difficult times. But he says this, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. You see, the Christian promise is not that if God is your shepherd, everything will be easy. You will just dwell forever in green pastures. No, actually, you will go through dark values, valleys. You will go through difficult times, dry seasons. But God will always be able to lead you through them towards places of peace that you wouldn't have found otherwise. And what I love about this is that David says the thing that stops him being fearful in the dry, in the dark place, where uh, as a sheep in the metaphor, you would be really vulnerable to predators. The thing that, that gives him the, 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 the antidote to fear is the presence of God himself. I don't know if you noticed it, verse four, something just changes in the way that David talks Previously, he's talked about God in third person. He is my shepherd. He is the one who leads me. He is the one who feeds me. Verse four, it changes. He says, though I walk through the valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and staff comfort me. You prepare a table. You anoint my head with oil. When you walk through the valley, when you walk through the difficult seasons of life, I don't think the idea of God is what will sustain you. When you walk through the difficult seasons, knowing that there is a God out there in theory who cares about me, knowing things about him or knowing answers to the difficult questions won't help you. You need to know God himself. It, not, it needs to not just be he. He does this. He leads me. It needs to be you. You need to engage with God personally, knowing his personal presence if you are to draw strength from him. I know from my experience, the seasons where life has generally been good have been the seasons where it's been easy for me just to keep God at distance like an abstract idea. It's fine to sing songs about him. It's fine to know things about him. But the moments where I feel like I'm walking through the valleys, those moments, just a mental crutch or an idea of God doesn't sustain me. I need to know him. I need to know relationship with him. I need to know his goodness and his faithfulness in an experiential, tangible way. And that's what David promises. 
The Lord is our shepherd. And when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, when we walk through the difficult times, we can know him. We can experience his presence. And I don't know what David had in mind as he wrote this psalm, but I think in a beautiful way it points forward to the person of Jesus Christ. And I love the fact that in the Bible, God doesn't just reveal himself as an idea or an answer to a problem. He reveals himself supremely as a person, the person of Jesus. If you fast forward 500 years, you read the Gospels. And in those stories, we see that Jesus, God himself, took on flesh and walked among us. He literally walked in the areas, the wilderness, where David had himself been a shepherd, where he maybe penned this psalm. Jesus entered into our experience. So he didn't just talk about suffering or human experience from a distance, from an ivory tower. He experienced it for himself. It's because of that that I believe he is trustworthy. Because he doesn't just talk about our experience, our experience in abstract terms. He knows what it's like to live it. And one of the metaphors that Jesus used for himself was this idea of being the good shepherd. In John 10, he says this, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. Jesus is the good and faithful shepherd who knows what it's like to live in this sometimes painful, difficult broken world and he loves us enough that he laid down his life for us that is the extent of his goodness and faithfulness and Jesus didn't embody this psalm just in theory or in poetry but in literal real practical form where at the cross Jesus entered into the worst of human experience he hungered and thirsted and there was no one to comfort or provide for him and he did that so that we could be led to places of peace. He went through the valley of the shadow of death, literally being put to death. But he came out the other side. Three days later, he rose again from the dead, showing that he has the victory and he has the power, as he says in John 10, to give eternal life to all who follow him. It's because of Jesus and his life and death and resurrection and seeing the victory he won and the way he entered into our experience and was victorious through it. It's seeing that that makes me think there is no one, no one I would rather trust in this season. He is the good and faithful shepherd. And what I love is his promise that because of his death and his resurrection, if we choose to follow him, he will give us eternal life and he will dwell in us right now by his Holy Spirit, being the one who leads us to places of peace all the days of our lives. I need to know a shepherd like that. David ends the psalm by saying this, surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. Except that that's not exactly what he says. I think that's a weak translation on two counts. Firstly, as Tim said last week, the English word love can mean so many things from just kind of soppy sentimentalism right up to something uh, more intense, more extreme. Here, the Hebrew word is hesed, which it means a strength of love that is faithful, faithful love, undying, unfailing love. God loves us like that. 
And that goodness and faithful love will follow me. Actually, the word is it's stronger than that. It doesn't mean just to kind of follow in a casual sense. It means to chase down, to hunt down, to pursue. David, whether he knew it or not, I think was here prophesying, looking forward to the coming of Jesus, where in a very real way, the goodness and faithful love of God stepped out of heaven and took on flesh, entered into our world, chasing us down, hunting us down, pursuing us. God pursues you with a good and faithful love because he wants to be with you. He wants to help you navigate life and take you to places of peace that you would never find without him. And he is uniquely able to do that. He is the good and faithful shepherd. Do you know him like that? It may well be that you are not a follower of Jesus. Maybe you're here exploring faith, maybe for the first time. And if that's the case, you probably have huge questions about faith and we would love to help you with those. We've already heard about Alpha today. That can be a great way to explore some of those questions. But actually, if you are feeling today, I don't want to navigate life alone. I want to know the presence of the shepherd strengthening me, taking me to places of peace. Then we would love to talk with you and pray with you today. And if I can talk with you, if I can pray with you, I would love to help. Just click on the request prayer tab at the top of the screen and give us some information and I'll get in touch. I would love to talk with you and pray with you today and help you to get to know this good shepherd. In a moment, we're actually going to sing and celebrate the goodness and faithfulness of God. But I just want to create a space right here, right now for him to fill our hearts and our homes with his presence and his peace. Just before I started recording this, I got a text from a friend which I just found deeply encouraging and I really wanted to share. It's a moment from uh, the novel Prince Caspian by C.S. Lewis. And in it, Aslan, who is this lion, who is the the Christ figure of the story, he comes to a, a young girl called Susan and he says this. You have listened to fears, child. Come, let me breathe on you. Forget them. Are you brave again? I think that is a beautiful picture of what the good and faithful shepherd wants to say to us today. It may be that you know you have been listening to voices other than the voice of the shepherd and it's left you feeling fearful or overwhelmed. Well, today the good and faithful shepherd wants to breathe upon you, which is a picture of him giving you the Holy Spirit and he wants to make you brave again. So I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit would fill us. And you may find it helpful as I do that, just to close your eyes, maybe hold out your hands as a way of surrendering to him. You may find it helpful to picture some of the ideas from this psalm, maybe the green pastures, maybe the still waters, the idea of these places of peace where the good and faithful shepherd will restore our souls. And as I pray, be attentive to the voice of the shepherd things he may want to say to encourage you in this moment. Let's pray. Come Holy Spirit. Thank you, good and faithful shepherd, that you pursue us, that you chase us down with your love. And I pray right now that the breath of God, that Holy Spirit, would dwell in the hearts and homes of everyone watching this and that you would make us brave. 
I pray that we would know what it looks like to trust in you in seasons that feel dry and hard. Would we be quick to turn not to the idea of you, but to you, the personal presence who walks with us? I pray that you would nourish and strengthen us and you would refresh and restore our souls. For those who are listening to this, who don't know you, but want to know you, would you help them to have the courage to take that first step on the journey? And for those of us who have been walking with you for years, would you call to mind the countless experiences of your goodness and faithfulness? helping us to continue trusting in you. Breathe upon us, make us brave, fill us with your peace. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this talk from the Christchurch London podcast. To hear other talks or find out more about our Sunday services, head to christchurchlondon.org.